Like, and That's he's done something crazy. similar once before, but that was crazy. And, like, I'm telling you, I just started the healing. And so the stick hadn't had burned that much, and it was already halfway down. And then the oh, so that was nuts. Like, that boy can do some crazy stuff. He <laughs> sure can. That's yeah, blows my really mind when he great. does that stuff. Yes. Yes. And by the way, one thing I almost forgot uh, that I want to start before we just give the entire floor to Michael is uh, we just put out last night or this morning the, the, uh, the two new energy services that we just, and that was addiction to any substance, any behavior, alcohol, tobacco, heroin, gambling, gaming, you know, body piercing, whatever, any kind of addiction. And it works super well. Because I used to, oh, I just got to have my drink at night, you know. But now it's like, I don't even care. It's so oh, weird. That's awesome. It is really Ooh. awesome. And then also we, we did the testing on pain relief. And I had neck pain that I've had for, oh, God, almost two years. It's mm-hmm. gone. So we can only do right now hips, um, sacroiliac, uh, lumbosacral, neck and shoulders. But, you know, that's kind of the common ones, I guess. And then we're going to asking for volunteer scene for social anxiety. Anyway, little of time. Now, shut up, Elisa. God, <laughs> shut up and let Michael talk. Oh, you know you're well, welcome. Thank you, ladies. Thank you for having me on your show. It's going to be a pleasure, I can tell already. Uh, I think between the both of you, I've had three, three appearances. Uh, twice, let's see, once with Elisa, then once with Michelle and Alisa, and then of course I had Michelle on by herself as well. Each yeah. time, absolutely incredible and uh, ground shaking for what that terminology is worth. Oh, that's so awesome! you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting too. You know, we meet people through these mediums that we work in, and we do it voluntarily. Nobody's making us do this research or self introspection and so forth, but it's something yeah. that we're driven to do. Now, we all understand, uh, you know, the science behind thoughts manifesting and like attracts and said and expressed in so many different ways throughout the years. Even stripped of spirituality, there is still the observation. We're meeting people of like mind, and those are the people that you draw into and create a new reality with. And I must say, the reason I'm bringing this up is because Michelle and Alisa have been very much at the top tier of some of those people that I've worked with and connected very deeply with. Um, I don't know how far you guys want to go into it, but I know we all have a certain galactic history uh, with yes. each other and our own connections, which to me is just, it's phenomenal to not only meet somebody or people who have these uh, attributes, but also to then clarify, expound upon them, and bring even more of the reality into the, the world that we're creating here, this consciousness. So I want to thank mm-hmm. you both ladies for that. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, well, yes, Jane uh, McDougall, I've been having a, a test session with her, and she says, I go way back galactic. I apparently was a big badass, and but there's a lot of uh, <laughs> really deep-seated reptilian wounds. But it was interesting because mm-hmm. he said reptilians, they're here to teach us in a way, teach us how to face our fears, they, as a metaphor would, would have it. But um, So mm-hmm. anyway. So, mm-hmm. yeah, go for it. Tell me, teach us. We are your humble students. 
<laughs> or, well, you you like? you, or, or you can give us your journey to this point, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, Michael. How did this? How did this all start for you? Like, like, where was this born in you in this lifetime? Sure, we can start there. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of a convoluted answer because the timeline stretches, uh, you know, pretty thin for me when I think back. Uh, there were experiences that I had when I was younger that some might attribute to the paranormal or the unexplained, but especially as a child, it's not something that I really took notice or said, hey, that's out of the ordinary. It was just something that happened. And like most things as a child, I didn't know the reason or explanation behind the mechanics and therefore just accepted them. It was only, um, i say, definitively, okay, starting on the path and not necessarily just living on experiences or questions, if you will, was when I was about 12 years old and I had my first clairvoyant reading. Now, mm-hmm. as many uh, may think as they're hearing me say this, well, that's far too young to have a reading, and you're right, it is. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. any reputable reader more than likely will say, hey, listen, there, there has to be an age um, cut off here because of maturity and how some of the information may be received. There are many different reasons that go into mm-hmm. that. That being said, the reason that it was recommended that I undergo this at such a young age is because the person who was offering this at the time was a very close friend of the family. They'd known me and again, the rest of the family for a very long time. And she felt within her that this was something that would really benefit me. And that I was um, for lack of better adjective, mature enough to undergo something like this. Now it was interesting to me because as I sat down in the room with this woman, of course, my mother was present as well. Uh, you know, I didn't really know what to expect, but I was very much uh, an open book in that in that way. So she began off, she was very, well, this was the first reading. So what she was getting, she was doing her best to cover as much as was coming in, uh, and yet it still remained quite general uh, to me specifically, which was fine, because it gave me an idea and a direction. I'm mm-hmm. a very old soul. Uh, I've done things in past lives that I've also paid for in other lives. Uh, you know, there are some lives for the destruction end and some for the healing end, depending on how you want to look at that in a polarized yeah. view, if you will. Mm-hmm. And that I was a natural healer, natural clairvoyant, all those um, different abilities that people talk about, extra sensory and so forth. I was a very large candidate to um, cultivate those abilities in this lifetime, if I so choose. Michael, Michael, did your mother set this up because she she had an intuition about you being gifted? I believe that that is the case. Uh, We used to have many conversations, and there were points where, you know, I I hate to say this, but because of the era (laughs) and what it was, my mother would be having a glass of wine at night, and next thing you know, she'd be talking to me about how to astral project mechanically yeah. how to go through the steps and then stop yourself say oh shit maybe I should, oh, excuse me uh oh darn maybe i shouldn't have uh told you all of that uh but it seemed to work out okay <laughs> but yes yeah. there was some, some trust there yes absolutely yeah so from this point you know it was about the reading and you say okay that's great but at the end of the reading she uh this woman had gotten a message saying very shortly he should go and see this person that you know the man's name was norman and the reason that this was being suggested was because he was a hands-on healer, a natural, uh, no modality behind him, but was incredibly powerful with his practice. Now, the interesting thing when I did finally meet this individual, maybe a month or two later, uh, is he took me aside and very clearly 
got me right into how to work with energy without any real introduction whatsoever. Uh, of mm-hmm. course, he would answer whatever questions I had, but he gave me everything I needed to practice this, including the space along with other people, which was fantastic. Now, the interesting mm-hmm. thing about this individual was that he was in a car accident uh, some years prior to, and he had a very tough time walking around. His gait was very labored uh, as a result of this accident. Over the time that he was working with this energy, okay, he got himself standing straight, walking correctly, and was going for root canals with absolutely no Novocaine, simply using energy as a replacement. And I thought that was fantastic. And yet something resonated in me saying, well, this is the natural course. This is, your, this is the natural course of abilities that human beings have. And I had no yeah. reason to think that. You know what I mean? It was just something that came into me. It was like, well, that makes sense that <laughs> we could do this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, of course, yeah, I mean, from there, as you can tell, I mean, you know, things sort of begin to ramp up. I get into the reading, and I read uh, Embraced by the Light by Betty J. Eady read uh, the trilogy. Well, it wasn't a trilogy at the time, but as it came out, uh, Conversations with God with Neil Donald Walsh, uh, mm-hmm. amongst a host of other different things uh, that I got my hands on. Because if we recall, back then it was a lot more difficult to obtain any sort of information about esoterica, paranormal, ufology, you, you name it. Uh, and when you actually did have something, it was even more difficult to uh, – define that this is a real article that you had in hand. There wasn't something predisposed. Oh, my God, I can't talk. (laughs) There was no predisposition in the creation of that article. Thank you. (laughs) That's where I started. And, of course, the uh, paranormal and strange highness, if you will, if you guys follow Linda Moulton Howe, continued (laughs) to occur. And as time has gone on, you know, I'll see things in the sky. And people are surprised when I say this. I'll see things in the sky that I'm like, wow, what in God's name is that? And I'll stand and I'll watch until the event is over. Whether I've yeah. defined what this is in my mind or not, I accept it for what it is because there's so many strange anomalies happening that you don't explain every single day. Uh, some That's are right. unconscious and some are oh, part of your awareness. Yeah. We have, to be so ready. we have to be ready to have the awareness, just like – when Columbus, uh, or I think Columbus, yeah, it was him, mm-hmm. came ashore to wherever he was, the West Indies, and the uh, indigenous people did not see the three ships out there because they, they just, it was not in their reality. So they were essentially invisible to them. And so I think maybe that's some of what's going on too. Yeah, that's, I, that's, I would agree really, that. that's true. Yeah, that's very true. With no idea of what it is that we're looking for. And Michael, what I like that you just said is it's just, you see it and it just, it is what it is, right? You just, you see it and you just say, hey, that's really interesting. And you continue on because there are so many things out there that are just, you know, I know that, that you and I have talked about that and talked about different things that we've tuned into and seen. And it's very difficult to explain that to other people. But um, I know that you're very open and active. And did you see spirits when you were younger at all? Or have you seen um, different types of anomalies in spirits? Yes. Uh, the cold, hard answer on that is yes. Uh the discrepancy comes in with my interpretation of what I was seeing at the time. Only later on did I look back on some of these memories and say, okay, that must have been a run in with something etheric. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. I had a childhood spirit friend who would come and go and perhaps uh, change form 
you know, I, I definitely think about a lot of these experiences and, you know, what you might call run-ins with the paranormal, but I honestly think that they're merely a, um, a shift in perception at that moment, whether it's something that you have control of or not is up for debate. Uh, but, you know, I, most people do experience something that they can't explain. It's just the compounding of many experiences, which sometimes drives somebody to look a little bit deeper. I think a one-off here and there might lend to curiosity, but maybe not to action. But then again, there are some of us who it seems like this, this activity follows us. But then we come back to the idea that perhaps we are creating uh, certain realities. Now, I'll bring this up very quickly. I had a guest on my show uh, not too long ago, uh, a gentleman from uh, Britain, who claimed that he could do something called mind-voicing EP. Now, essentially what this was, was he would think of a word or a phrase, and he would be able to create an EVP on any sort of recorder, whether it's analog or digital, of that thought in his head. And he could do it every single time is what he claimed to do. Now, with that in mind, and there were some uh, instances that he showed me, and, and honestly, I don't doubt that he can do it, okay? But what does that mean for us in respect to implication in paranormal research or even perhaps what might go on in our own homes? This mixing mm-hmm. of unconscious energy, okay? We have such mm-hmm. an effect on everything. I guarantee you if you walk into a room and you spent 10 years sitting in that room not saying a word, your imprint, your signature energetically will be within those walls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just the energy that we have that can carry uh, many different experiences. And, again, I think we may very soon need to relook at some of the methods that we've used and the philosophy behind some of this active research, this boots-on-the-ground research when it comes to the paranormal or ufology or high technology, uh, whatever category you want to you know, fall into. Because if we are really this powerful, which it seems to be we're getting more and more examples of this every day, Mm-hmm. And again, the implications yeah, are world-changing. Yeah, but we need to be very wary of our thoughts because, like you said, they are very powerful. So be, be aware of your of the tendency to perhaps engage in negative thinking because it's not it's not going to help. All right. So, what is your most? Can you describe your most amazing paranormal experience? And also tell us about your favorite thing to investigate. Great questions, great questions. Before I do that, I'm just going to let you know there was a point in my life where I realized that my thoughts were not my own <laughs> in the respect that whatever, I was responsible for what I was thinking. And I was actually very upset because I thought my thoughts were secret and I could you know, be angry about whatever I want and nobody would know. Yes, yeah, that's mm-hmm. not the case. <laughs> so when it comes to my most prominent paranormal experience, I have to say that, that there are a wide gamut of experiences that may fall into that category. It's not just one yeah. in particular. Uh, they sort of fit together. I, I'd say, okay. I mean, it can be something as simple as having somebody who's passed on come and visit me, uh, or it could be something where I'm in an environment and things are occurring. But for the, the conversation here, I'll give you one uh, instance in where a friend of mine who did pass on did come and visit me. And I can't remember if we discussed this in any of our interviews. Uh, hopefully it's new. Uh, mm-hmm. That being said, uh, I worked with a, a kid who well, a handful of years younger than, than I was, but we got somewhat close over the, uh, the duration of uh, our time together at the company. Uh, we'd spend lunch breaks together just talking philosophically. You know, we both had children. We were both single, uh, young single fathers. And so we shared this uh, common bond. Now, I knew that he was into substances, and you know, I would look the other way because he didn't necessarily involve me or do them around me, which is fine. 
uh, you know, I wasn't bringing him back to my house or anything like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I was very cordial with the, with the guy. He was a nice kid. He really did intend well, I think, most of the time. Mm-hmm. Now, we sort of went our own separate ways in no terse manner. Uh, it was just a matter of life changing. He went and got a job somewhere else. But continued his activities and doing what he should not do. Now, it was one day uh, last year, okay, just before all of this unfolded, and I was sitting, uh, working on some research, and I got a phone call. And this was a friend of mine who I worked with, a different one. She says, well, I, I just wanted to let you know that, that this person had passed away this morning. And, of course, mm-hmm. the, uh, it wasn't an initial shock for me when I hear I've gotten many phone calls. It's unfortunately uh, sort of a jaded affair, or at least let's say I, I approach it a bit more maturely uh, rather than immediately becoming emotional, which is right. uh, a practice notion, if you will. So yes. she's telling me that as she's expressing her upset, immediately I feel behind me this large energy growing. And I kind of, out of the corner of my eye, turn around to my right side. And out of my peripherals, I can see what looks like this enormous energetic egg. Okay. It's just a little bit taller than I am, but it doesn't necessarily touch the floor exactly. If I was to guess, there's a good six inches between this bubble and the floor. On the bottom of the bubble, it's red. And this red, it, it, it's very light, okay? It seems to be the source of some sort of light. This redness kind of fades up into the, uh, a white light that is essentially the rest of the egg. But there's this nice red hue underneath. Now, as I'm feeling this, I hear in my head, I'm sorry. And I immediately see, I'm saying it now and he's here already. I said it immediately. I was like, listen, let me just finish my phone call and then you know, I'll, I'll talk to you because that's what he wanted to do. And wow. initially he didn't get the idea and energy became so overwhelming. I started crying. And oh, the person that I was talking to on the phone was not used to this sort of reaction from me. I've never seen anything like this, but I've heard plenty of my stories. And I said, listen, see, these aren't my tears. This isn't my emotion. This is yeah. him standing with me. So there was a learning experience for her as well in that uh, association. Mm. So I hung up the phone and I went into my bedroom because I had walked out into another room to have this conversation and he followed me there. Now, from that point, he didn't just immediately jump out and say, hey, I'm here again. Let's can we talk. He was very cautious and very slow standing in the corner of my room, which seems kind of mm. strange, but that's where he was. And yeah. in this corner, in the space that he was, this is how I saw it. He had one foot on dry land and one foot in a flowing stream. And he was afraid to put his foot that was on land into that flowing stream because he didn't know where it was going to go or what happened next. So I I literally sat and talked to him for about half an hour. If anybody entered the room, I would have been carried off in straight jacket in no time. Uh, Talking to this this individual. And it um, it was a call and response in respect to energy, whereas I was still getting words. There was a, a harder and more intense energy feeling, emotion that backed those words that I understood even more clearly than the verbiage. Uh, so that's interesting to note. Yes. We have that connection with no verbiage between us, right? Again, about uh-huh. a half an hour, he did put his foot in and slowly step back. And it literally, the whole room changed. Pressure in the room just completely dropped, wherein I hadn't yeah. noticed how tense it was. And it wasn't like a bad thing. Whoa. It wasn't negative. It was a surplus yeah. of energy in this one space. And then, boom, instantly, gone. But I've gotten many experiences just like that. That's so cool. That's incredible. 
Well, did you, how did you come to decide, I want to be a paranormal investigator or a researcher? Oh, sorry. Yes, you might ask for that uh, or something along those lines. Um, I think that I've always had an interest in, well, let's put it this way. You know, you can sit in, in an office for as long as you like. You can sit in a library. You can sit in a study, and you can absorb as much as been garnered through other experiences. And that's important because it gives you a foundation in whatever you go into. It could be any category. But for what we're doing here in respect to the esoterics, um, there's nothing definitive. So I was very much attracted by the trailblazing aspect of this field, wherein there was plenty of room to experiment, try different things that haven't been worked with. Um, you know, this belief that people had around this uh, subject was actually helping to uh, popularize some of these shows, believe it or not. And I was very much attracted to um, just getting into a place to feel something different. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I wanted to go and find the friendliest apparitions. I didn't. Uh, Initially, I was, I don't know how to put this, I had a hunger or a thirst or a a drive to find Mm -hmm. the most negative thing I could because I wanted to experience this on some level. I felt that it was going to give a strong reaction. And and guess what? I knew exactly that's what I was doing, and I definitely found it twice. Now, you know, in that, I'm very lucky because I played with fire. I got a little burned, but I didn't, I, I didn't go up in flames. Uh, you know, there are many instances where it doesn't work out that well for certain people. But right. that being said, I had to consciously face these negative energies that I called into my life and literally have a conversation uh, with these with no clear understanding what the outcome would actually be. And I just... I look at it today, I, I got lucky. Or I have the protection of of a knight, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, at least yeah. you'd know a lot about that because that's well, God, you don't, know. don't mess with. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm people's negative entities. And, they, and the more work I did to help people, the more pissed off they got. And they just brought it all <laughs> on me. But, so my one oh, little half, half of the paragraph protection prayer is now like 19 pages or something like that. It's crazy. So, it's amazing yeah. and extra protection. But, yeah. you know, you asked me what I like to research uh, in regards yeah. to paranormal and so mm-hmm. forth. Yeah. Uh, I'm very much across the board. I think that it's all connected in one way, shape, form, whether it's just a dimension that they all belong to that we'll eventually be aware of or whether these uh, individual events connect in some sort of different way. I think that there is something there. So I can't look at the paranormal without looking at ufology. I can't look at uh, yeah. archaeology without looking at oh, you know, yeah. certain versions of history and trying to look mm-hmm. those, deeply into those things. Um, yeah, I mean, outside of that, I mean, you guys both are very privy <laughs> to my research <laughs> and experiences with Montauk and the Montauk Project. Yeah. That, that is still something that comes up occasionally for me. It's not as strong because I've, I've integrated with those energies yeah. on a certain level but, and it's it's interesting, but if I was to research something today, like today I watched the uh, walkthrough of Camp Hero, and it's just it's a very visceral experience for me. It's not like I'm getting something intellectually. It's, it's a matter of feeling. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those things sense. fascinate me. Those things fascinate me. That makes so sense. You... So, oh, go ahead, Elisa. No, go ahead. I'm just gonna ask uh, eventually how he met Eric, and but uh, maybe that's yeah. what you're gonna. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. How did Eric? So, how did Eric come into your life? There we go. 
This is lovely. Is I absolutely love this. He pretty much wheeled his way right into my, my consciousness. And it was, um, it was an interesting thing. So I used to work for a large scale printing company and there were many times that I was through with my paperwork and I was waiting for jobs to be finished. So I'd done my rounds, had a few minutes to kick back. Uh, at this time I was interested in researching the Columbine shootings and uh, other mass events of that same type in the way of understanding the, the psychology and so forth. Of course, the spiritual, excuse me, spiritual implications then soon followed, which is what I found when I stumbled upon channeling Eric, the website. And mm -hmm. at this time, uh, maybe there was some audio that was offered, but you know, I wasn't able to, uh, to find that. So I found these uh, transcripts of some of the readings and, and I started reading into, you know, the uh, sessions that you had done, Elisa. And I was yeah, absolutely for very, yeah. very interested because, you know, again, like you do today, you were introducing larger energies that were here with us in personalities in this world and then communicating with them on, you know, the level that they're on now. And I thought that was incredibly intriguing. And again, here's that natural thing. I said, well, that's only natural. I don't see why we couldn't simply ask the question and receive the answer to whatever we have. So yeah, this really resonated with me. And this was back in, I'd say, 2014. Now, I don't doubt that Eric has been with me in the background since that time through the life experiences that I needed to go through in order to get where mm -hmm. I am today. Now, mm -hmm. when I first started Dark Hour Paranormal on YouTube, which was uh, actually almost a year to the day, and uh, I started working with the interviews and deciding that that's what I wanted to do for the show. Immediately, I thought of channeling Eric. And it was literally out of the blue. I was thinking, okay, who could I have for some guests here? Who should I contact? And boom, <laughs> at least the face came into my mind. And at first, I didn't recognize it. I said, wait a minute. Thinking to myself, who is that? I've seen that. And then I heard channeling Eric. I said to myself, well, well she's very well known, very versed, you know okay, it's worth a shot. Absolutely. Why not? I'll reach out and see what happens. And sure enough, I did just that. And Alisa came back with her enormous loving energy. And uh, it, as far as I can see, it's been a friendship since. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Eric, Eric is blowing on his fist, like rubbing his chest like I'm good. I am oh, good. he is. He's real good because I went far, far out in the left field after, uh, you know, doing some of that experience. Uh, research, again, just dealing with life experiences and emotions and how to, you know, get through certain things, as we all are uh, familiar with. Yeah. But, you know, I lost a lot of myself, that part especially, and I feel like in the back, Eric actually held part of it for me, and that's something that I've come to realize uh, recently. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's so, that right that. he's so oh, good at that. He's so good at that. You know, and he's so good at bringing us back around to our truth, and he's doing that for so many people to help Man. bring us. I know he has really been a cheerleader for you, Michael, with your um, with your channel. And if you guys have not checked out Dark Hour Paranormal, you need to. I know yes. I'm an avid watcher of it. The guests on that show are amazing. And and where where do you so like how do you come up with your guests? Do you just is it throughout your your connections or who you see or how do you and who's your favorite guest that you've had on aside from us, of course? <laughs> fantastic question again, ladies. Fantastic questions. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, I'd have to say, in the early days, and <laughs> this was within the first like six months of the show, 
there were many times that I would sit down and consciously search for people. And I'll still do that now on occasion, but I'll explain mm-hmm. why I don't have to do it as much in a moment. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times it would just be, okay, I'm, I'm interested in learning more about crystal healing. So I'm going to look up people who claim to be crystal healers, or I want to learn more about uh, people's perception about life after death. I'm going to find somebody who has a, a near-death experience. And that's really my general mindset I used to have. when I And uh, essentially I'd say, about 80% of my guests that I contacted, whether they were somebody who had been in the public eye for a long time or somebody who had been a first-time experiencer speaking out, uh, 80% of them came back and, you know, were featured on the show in one capacity or another. Um, to pick a favorite guest would be really difficult for me because I've gotten so much mm-hmm. out of so many people. And uh, mm-hmm. I will tell you that I very much enjoyed – <laughs> I very much I very much enjoyed my time with Alondra Markman, who is a poet, musician, uh, absolutely beautiful soul, and a Montauk Project survivor of the physical wow. era. Wow. Uh, super soldier stuff, everything. But he's a very soft, loving soul, and I really had a fantastic time talking to him. I, you know, one of the things I really enjoy about doing this show, too, is that doesn't matter how long somebody's been in the public eye. There are folks who still have nerves before a show. Uh, you know, in perhaps Alondra's case, he knew the subject matter that we were going to be talking about was incredibly heavy. There's a lot of emotion behind it for mm-hmm. him. But unlike other interviewers, I didn't attack that in the way that perhaps they did uh, in an aggressive sense. I was very sensitive and emotional about, you know, the content that he was, he was giving me. Now, that being well, said, uh, a guest will come on and they'll show nerves, but within 10, we're relaxed, we're right in the groove, we're joking, we're laughing, and everybody's having a great time. I have yet to have an experience, knock on wood there, uh, where something sustains uh, in, in the way of awkwardness throughout the interview. It just it doesn't seem to happen. They melt right in, and they know why they're there, and you know, as long as I give them the voice, which is what I'm there to do, everything's, right. everything's good. But the reason I mentioned that I don't have, what's that? You put people at ease, of course. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, it's something I pride myself on. It, it's definitely part of my character. I've used it in my personal life as well to, you know, work with people. I, I attribute that to perhaps the healing side of myself. Mm-hmm. That it's something natural. But the reason oh, I said I didn't yeah. have to look as much for guests in that fashion is because through the connections I've made, I have people contacting me now saying, hey, I've got this incredible story. I'm going to tell oh. it to you. You let me know what you think. Uh, maybe I'd be cool. good material for your show, or I have something I'd like to share with the world. Uh, will you entertain this? Um, so it's been really nice to have some of that uh, feedback, if you want to call it, and the interest coming in that people are seeing what we're doing and really enjoying that and feeling safe enough and feeling the trust to come and open up on Dark Hour Paranormal. And you know that, what's really nice too? What I what I really enjoy about how you do your show is that. You, um, and you've said it a couple times tonight, somebody that claims that this is what has happened or somebody that claims. So, so you're really taking the, you know, yes, this is what this person claims to do, but you come at it with this open, loving energy with a little bit of skepticism. Mm-hmm. Like a like a, a allowing somebody to say what they're going to say, but you, you really do investigate the subject to help those that are watching the show really be able to come at it with that, um, you know, for those that maybe aren't uh, 100% sure. 
Yeah, you're, doing, you're carrying the reader through their skepticism to belief in a way. Right. You're right. holding mm-hmm. their hand and walking them through it. So that's kind of cool. Right. It is. Well, I very much appreciate that because, uh, honestly, that is quite intentional. Um, my job, essentially, with any guest is to bring them on, allow them to share their story with no judgment, uh, and then yet still challenge their story. Because let's be honest, there are many people out there who are charlatans and would like yeah. 10 seconds of fame. And yeah. it's not my job, personally, in my format, it's not my job to oust that person. They're going to do it themselves. Oh, right. The questions that I ask them. And it will be a very passive thing wherein nobody has a finger on their head. We just know the, we just know the gist at the end of the show. And that's yeah. okay because we still gave that person their time to express, which is what they want to do. And, you know, again, I have to challenge them in respect to the knowledge that I have to further clarify what this person is saying. Because sometimes people come with incredible stories that if they were true, that would literally change every single little thing that we know in, in right. is familiar in our world. And if that's the case, I want to get to the bottom of that because, you know, sometimes there's something there, sometimes there isn't. Right. Hey, so before we start oh. taking callers, I'd like to ask Eric to tell us about Michael. Was this a spiritual contract he's, um, he has, or is, tell us about your mother. No, tell us about Michael. <laughs> Okay, let's see here. Um, Eric is flipping through his paperwork just to to pull out because he says there's so much. There's so much that we could say. (laughs) Um, But he says, yes, he says, uh, of course. And he says, so, you know, he's actually saying, um, Alisa, for you, myself, and Michael, he says, what we're doing right now is fulfilling part of our spiritual contract. And he says, think about how you all feel. He goes, you can feel it. You can feel it when your energy is together. And he says, even for the listeners, they can feel how our energy works together. And he says, and that shows you that we have souls that have been aligned in other lifetimes. As well as, he says, well, coming together in, he says, um, for the purpose of our own soul's growth, which we're all individually working on. But he says, what are you doing as a collective? He goes, what are we all doing? And Eric says, Eric included, what are we all doing? And with everybody listening to this show, he goes, that is part of the spiritual contract right here. And he says, um, he's got his magic wand out. And, oh, that's so funny, his magic wand. I know why he said that with Michael on the phone. I know why he said that. <laughs> the magic hat. Magic hat. I don't know how to tell him about that one. But anyway, um, he says, you know, Eric's magic wand being waved, meaning that Eric, from the perspective that he's in, he's able to help us put things together that while we're in human form, we can't see the full picture. But he mm. says that um, we have experienced lifetimes together, and he says we're family, not only soul family, but he, he says we have been family in other lifetimes and in other incarnations, and he says you can feel it. You can always feel it when you're with your soul family. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Oh, God, yes. I feel it. Do you want to add anything else before we take the callers? Eric, Michelle, Michael? I'll just say this. Yeah. I was going to say, Michael, if if you're feeling some energy with any of the callers, feel free to to, um, 
you know, oh, go yeah. with go with the energy and, and chip in. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'd be more than happy to. Now, you were going to say something, Michael? going to add that, uh, yeah, that, that has been confirmed with me. And, and, of course, what I opened up with this interview uh, is reflective in those sort of connections. Um, I don't know if we want to divulge those particular connections, if you're comfortable doing that. But uh, suffice to say that the, the lineage that we hold just as our energies have experienced many different physicalities together and many different realities and continue to do so on other levels that I'm very aware that that's, mm-hmm. that work is being done. Mm-hmm. God, it's so expansive. It's hard to describe mm-hmm. um, the work. I mean, I don't even know what I'm seeing right now, which is usually not the case. Wow. <laughs> I, can't yeah. it. I can see it in, in a sliver of its entirety. Yeah. And it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I want all the listeners out there to realize and remember that we are not something special. Okay. These connections do come about in everybody's lives. It's about mm-hmm. paying attention listening to your chest, okay, I'd say intuition, but listen to mm-hmm. that feeling about somebody. And I think most people will identify with feelings they've had about folks, whether they were benevolent or otherwise, uh, initially before even interacting with them. Trust that gut feeling and you will find those people that you really connect with and have connected for many, many eons. Okay. That's right. Sounds great. So you guys check out his YouTube channel, Dark Hour Paranormal. And also check out Michelle at um, the Healing Art. Da- no dot uh, dash artscom and it, it's going to all be here. And uh, yeah. also check out atlantiscaler.com. But let's go ahead and take calls. We got one seventy three one seven area code. Hi there, how are you? Hi guys, I'm good. How are you guys? Good. What can you? Love you guys. Love Chilling Eric. Been a follower for years. Um, oh. I just want to ask Eric, what's my purpose here? <laughs> I'm very confused. Mm. It Eric seems like I've been going through a lot of like lessons, and I just I don't know what it's adding up to. Well, first of all, Eric's got a wink for you. Um, oh. Like, like a little, he's got a wink, wink, and he and he says, you know. Um, he says it would be really um, a disservice to to give you the list of, of multiple purposes because he says you have more than one purpose here. But he says, I really want you to look at, there are many things that you can do that will help fulfill your purpose. But he says one big purpose that you have to fulfill, which is the answer to connect you to bigger things in your life, is about your own connection to yourself. And he says about your acceptance of yourself, because he says a lot of the lessons and the experiences that you've had, that you have really had even in the last five years, have been to show you your value, whether it be in relationships and in experiences. And he says, by being able to accept who you are, and uh, he's telling me that you have some ability as well. So are mm-hmm. you, do you have some psychic ability that you're aware of? Oh, yeah. I just recently had a psychic attack I've never had before. I've never seen anything yeah. or heard anything before until that one instance, and it was just bombarding. It was overwhelming a little bit. Wow. That, but I that's what helps you accept too. yourself. 
to, to accept mm-hmm. your, your ability and to really accept what you came here to do. And so he says to give you some guidance is to go in a little bit deeper into what maybe you didn't fully believe or understand about yourself. And he's also connecting you to how you felt as a child. Childhood. Yeah. Do some investigating in there too. And he says, keep following that path and you will continue to find your way. He says, you're being guided. Oh, good. Thank goodness. We all need a little guidance. All right, that's awesome. All right, we'll go ahead and take the next caller. It'd be cool to hear some follow up from her later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. doing more path. Um, okay, we have somebody from the 773 area code. Hi there. How you doing? Hi, how are you? Good. Hi. Good. Um, I do have a question. I'm sorry. My father died about, well, and my mother about um, when I was 24. I'm 51 now. I was wondering if Frank Ferraro had anything for Melissa. Okay, back in here. So um, was your, did your dad pass of a heart attack? Yes. Died of congestive heart failure. Yes. Okay. He's bringing me right into the heart. And so he had pretty big personality. Yes. Type mm-hmm. A Italian, very much so. Dark hair, dark yep. hair, big personality, because he's, and you're his baby girl. Yes, I'm the youngest. You're his baby girl, yes, because he's like, nothing has changed. You're still my baby girl. Um, is he okay? Oh, he is doing just wonderful. He is doing great. Um, he's calling himself light on his feet. He's wow. light on his feet, so he may not have always been light on his feet in the physical, but he sure is now. Um, and your mom, so your mom is in spirit with him, and because yes. he's showing twirling, um, like twirling her, like uh-huh. turning her around, giving her a little spin. Um, wow. Um, and did you ha- did you celebrate something just not too long ago? Um, no. Or are you about to celebrate? Is there is there something connected in your family that's about to come up because he's handing you flowers and uh-huh. um, usually flowers is my find for like a gift, a celebration, um, like a something for you, special for you. Or did your dad oh. give you flowers? What would the flowers mean to you? Um, well, we would always garden together when I was growing up. And I think actually my family, I lost my parents when I was 20. Yeah, 24. So we have, I'm the youngest of five, but no one talks anymore. Aww. Do you know what I mean? So there's no, yeah, there's okay. no really communication except hate and anger. So I just wonder, what does he think about that? Well, he says that there's a lot of, and it's gone on in, in more than just this generation, he says. Really? So, yeah. It's happened. It's yeah. happened in generations in your family before, and he says that you know um, it's real hard because sometimes people get really stuck in their own ego. Um, yes. You know, real yeah. stubborn. There's a real stubborn yeah. streak in there, and yeah. he says don't don't take on what's not yours because he says it's hard for you, um, and you do take it on like you want to do something about it. And he says, you know, darling, just take care of you. Take care of your okay. heart. He goes, you can't, you can't change what other people are doing, but you can change how you relate to it. And he wants to let you know that 
he and your mom are, are with you. They have been all along. And so look for flowers popping up around you. Look for okay. flowers in unexpected places because that's a little sign that he's given because he's showing them again, which means that that's something that, that you're going to see to let you know that they're there. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You guys are wonderful. Thank you, Elisa. I love awesome. channeling you. Oh, thank you. Thank well, we you. love you, too. All right. Pardon me? We love you, too. We love you, too. Yeah. All right. 775 area code. Hi there. How are you doing? Hi, thank you very much. My name is Wendy from California. And um, at the very end of October, I purchased some very expensive hearing aids. And I'm outside of my return window, but I contacted the insurance company, oh gosh, a month ago or more. And I was very polite and I was very professional in how I pled my case. I gave documentation from audiologists and a lot of other detail. And um, they're not saying no right now. They're saying they're trying to work on a resolution. It's Lou that I'm speaking with, and she's talking to her supervisor, and they are reaching out to the actual Otis um, company to see what options might be available. I stated that what I would hope is that they could reclick. I would send back the hearing aids they gave me, and in replacement they would give me the style that I had used previously and give me a refund for the difference financially. What do you think is going to happen? Can you just explain to me, because I, I missed the beginning, just what you were saying, like there are replacements or I'm just not clear on what exactly is happening with them. It's okay. It's okay. In late October, I ordered some very expensive hearing aids. Okay. It was yeah. a new style. Oh, They're not working out. So oh. I notified them, I don't know, maybe six weeks ago, and um, I I gave them documentation from my audiologist showing the need for this, and I I said that as a resolution, I would like to ship back the ones that they gave me and go back to the original style that I wore so successfully for years and get a um, a refund for the difference in price. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's her, the lady's name is Lou that I'm talking mm-hmm. to via mm-hmm. email, and she's talking to her supervisor. And mm-hmm. they've reached out to the Oticom company to see what mm-hmm. options might be available. Is this going to turn out in favor? So um, Eric is just saying, he says, you might have to stick stick to your guns a little bit here because they may not give you the resolution that you want right at first. So he says that, um, you know, and this has something to do with the financial part of things. So it may not be that they aren't going to get the other ones back to you or something. It just seems like there's a little bit of a gap that you might have to stick to what it is that you want. Um, Eric says that there is resolution that you're going to find and you will be happy with it. So he said, just okay. keep that in the back of your mind. But he says, if if you're not pleased with it, what they first come back to you with, he says, stick to it. Like, push a little bit further because the resolution will be found. Okay. And when does Eric think that the resolution will happen? Will it happen oh. this month or next month? He's giving me the number six. So I feel like in the next six weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Oh, right. good luck. Well, thank you very much. Take good luck, Wendy. Good luck, Wendy. Thank you. 
Oopsie. Oh, there we go. All right, now, got one on from the 818 area code. Hi there. Hi, 818 area code. How you doing? Can you hear Hello? us? Yes. I can hi. hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hi. This is Kathy from California, Los Angeles. Um, I wanted to ask if, like, I want to move and in certain circumstances, keeping behind right now. But wondering if this land is calling me to it. I'm sorry, you're, you're cutting out. I missed your name, and I, I apologize. I couldn't hear what you were saying. It was cutting yeah, in and out. Yeah, on a cell phone or something. This is, this is Shelly. Shelly, okay. Yes, and I'm calling to find out if I want to move, and I'm wondering if this land is calling me to it. Ooh. Eric just sang the song, this land is your land. Oh, my this God. This land is my land. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Yes, I feel yes. like the spirits of the area are calling me for to bring healing to the area. Yes, he cool. says yes, yes, he okay. says it is. Yes, but does he also Good tell job. me don't settle? What's that? Is he also telling me like don't settle, get the house you want? Well, he says he says be discerning. He says don't be impulsive, but it's calling you. So be yes. discerning with what it is that you choose with it. Yes. Okay, thank you. I love yes, you guys. You're welcome. Love you too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, let's see. We have one from the 360 area code. Hi there. Hello. Hello there. This is TG from Alaska. Hey, TG from Alaska. Cool. Hello. So I have. Hi, everybody. Hi, Eric. I have quite a few updates. It's amazing how I've been listening to this show for the last couple of years, and I know that you love updates. And uh, one of them, yes, one of them is there was a time I called, and they talked about moving home to Alaska between September and February, and it finally happened in the month of February. But guess what? It took three years. And here I thought it was going to be three months, but it turned out to be three years. So that came about, and so I'm really excited about that. So I'm up here in Alaska. Oh, and, my God. Yeah. And awesome. I have many more updates, but I know that we're running out of time. But I just wanted to ask, most importantly, I want to know how do I go about getting educated of how to help myself through my um, stomach problems? Basically, mm-hmm. is there energy cleaning that I need to do or change a diet or so is energy? It, yeah, is it Giardia in, uh, in Alaska, I think. Giardia, Lamblia. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what? Oh, oh, I know Alaska, they have, and Colorado, and also in parts of Texas, they have uh, Giardia, kind of, which causes kind of a chronic abdominal you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but go ahead, Eric. What can you do? Well, um, so is it digestive? Di- or sorry, di- I can't even speak. Digestive? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, because what Eric's pointing to, so he's giving me your, your solar plexus and your sacral chakra area, which is just above your, um, your root. So right in that navel, abdominal, digestive area. And so he yes. says, uh, this flares up for you because he says everything has a root to it 
and it's flaring up for you because he says there are, uh, he says, <laughs> would be your talents and there's abilities within you that are looking to be honored is the best way to describe oh. it. So he says, you've gotten yourself to where you are. So he says, now, are you going to start to dig in deep and trust who you naturally are inside and bring it out without doubt? Because he says, you do that, you're going to notice the digestive stuff is going to start to settle down. Interesting. Wow. You know, I know uh, Jane McDougal works a lot on this kind of stuff. She, like, totally overhauls mm-hmm. the energy and gets rid of the solar plexus blocks and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um Yeah, you you might want to check in with her at Jane at quantumenergyhealing.co.uk. Okay. Very interesting how she works. I had a session with her. Oh, God, mind-blowing. And um, her husband, he never gets impressed, but he was impressed. Um, oh, that sounds good. I think we need to close the show. But anyway, uh, with um, thank you. without forgetting, thank you. you guys, you're welcome, darling. Michelle Gray at thehealingh.art.com and Michael Roser, Dark, Dark Hour Paranormal, and me, AtlantisScaler.com or Chilling Eric. So, Michael, thank you so much for being the most amazing guest. Of course, I suspect that. Do you have anything else you want to share but, uh, to the peeps? Well, thank you very much for having me on the show, both of you, of course. Uh, it's been a very, very pleasurable time, as I imagined it would be. Eric's saying, and hey, what am I? Are... Eric's saying, what am I, Chop liver? Yeah. Well, he, he's, you know, he's, he's, the, he's, the, uh, he's the last one, I think, because he's at <laughs> yeah. the top of the echelon right now. <laughs> oh, okay. But, uh, no, that being said, uh, this is fantastic. Thank you so much. You guys can find me on Dark Hour Paranormal on YouTube or Third Phase of Moon as part of their panel or Third Phase, the sister channel, uh, as a correspondent and journalist in that integrity. Um, there was something else I was going to say, and now I can't recall what it was. But at any rate, thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate my time with you. Uh, I'm now energized enough that I could run a marathon. Thank you very much. Awesome. And uh, <laughs> Eric, no, that's my, my man. Thank you. And of my course, man, thank you so much. Uh, he says you're welcome. He's high-fiving you. Aw, yeah, thank you, know, you I mean, I, <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, thank Michael. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Love you all. Love you all. Eric, good night, everybody. And yeah, I love everyone out there. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.